Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. So I've been on a few hiring committees at the university I go to. And when we when we hire and now we're doing these like pushes for obviously the people are just as qualified, but we're hiring um, indigenous and black candidates and then other minorities go next. Um, and that's just because of like structurally, but also the student body base, right? Because the idea is if you have and I'm not saying this is a right idea or a wrong idea. It's so much more complicated. But um, if you have like a black or indigenous person in a position, they're going to they're going to one be representative but two there's students who go to them for mentorship and then students feel like more likely to like there's it's statistically proven students are more likely to complete a degree when there's faculty that they see themselves but also inevitably racialized faculty and I get this as a teaching assistant all the time and I was an instructor for a course we just we just people come to us and talk to us about things in their lives right and Elizabeth Warren spent like 20 plus years at Harvard where like she does not have any students who've ever spoken who are like racialized students who've been like oh she mentored me while she was posing as an indigenous woman whereas every oh, every oh, indigenous point, point. professor i know and i know this because some of them have mentored me and i'm so grateful for that because i'm so in morocco i'm i'm indigenous in morocco so but in, in Canada, like the way we talk about indigeneity is so different. But I, I've been mentored by I've been lucky enough to be mentored and like um, given opportunities and like just like be like, you know, like sometimes I have a bad day and like just be given space in somebody's office to like kind of cry or whatever. It's always been these these people who are um, women of color who are hired for that reason. But there's so much more than that. Right. Because they do all of that other extra work. They sit on those the committees that they have to and they usually fight. Elizabeth Warren for two decades was at Harvard. She did nothing for people of color. She had had no women of color or students of color mentees and nobody's ever questioned that she she wasn't on committees doing that work she wasn't doing any of the stuff that they like cry about like white women are the most aggrieved about affirmative action that's also statistically proven there's been articles about it she did none of that work so I don't understand how these activists who also complain about these same things that I'm talking about didn't understand her history in academia as like a bad history thinking of it as a bad history is not going to help them get a yeah. job <laughs> like if, if, they, if they take her down on that how does that get their fake nonprofit uh, <laughs> to get exposure, which in turn will help them get a writing job on a TV show. And I'm not saying that to be as a joke. Like, I think a lot of these people do social justice as a way. Like, like here's the thing I find really weird. And tell me if you've noticed this. Why are so many of these um, online activists into comic books? And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, That's a good... and, and trying to write have nerd bona fides like since when would that become an important part of being a minority is to show that you have nerd bona fides and a lot of them are always talking about trying to write a comic book like and I actually don't dislike i don't dislike tanahashi code a lot of people for some reason have a real mad on about him but i enjoy his writing it's not perfect i don't agree with everything but i don't have the big mad on for him that a lot of people do but it's just weird that roxanne gay eve ewing all these people um 
I'll try to write Marvel comics and then spin it into writing for TV or do different things. And it's just kind of this weird, unspoken, understood thing that part of being a social justice influencer, so-called activist, which I think is different than an organizer, I think people like to use them interchangeably, means getting entertainment jobs or getting famous. It's not even like really questioned or even seen as weird. People, like, like Eve Ewing is a sociologist, but she's also a poet, but she's also someone who campaigns for Marvel Comics jobs. And it's like, why is this a normal overlap now? It's it's weird. And, and that's really why I think these people want to be. Like, uh, one of the Black Lives Matter founder is now represented by CAA, the, the, the huge agency, and is on the writing staff for uh, ABC Freeform show, like, um, done for 20-somethings, you know? I'm like, okay, that's, that's weird. Like, and, it's, and there's not even, like, a pretense, like, that it's some kind of woke activism show so, she, so that she can say, oh, this is, like, a revolutionary propaganda. I'm fucking up from the inside. You know, she, she's not even trying that thing. This is just a show with, like, um a, a white girl as a lead and a, and a white Latina. Uh, I think... And, 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 and the I house think it's a, it's very interesting. So, like, I'm the... I, I can speak, like, to the brown side of things. Like, I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with, like, the Miss Marvel comics. Yeah. I have an essay yeah, coming out yeah. that's a takedown of them. Um, um, I have an essay coming out uh, that's been it's been in the works for a few years now because it's so hard to talk about that comic because people are so happy with it. Yeah, and people really buy into it. And it's not a bad written comic as far as just a regular superhero comic, but as far as like... Something- like radical. Well, why is everything that... Yeah, I don't know. So I, I have a takedown of it coming out because my issue with it was like, I thought it was weird how like the discourse around the visibly Muslim character in that comic is horrible. Um, yeah. and very like, I'm not like her. I, I've, I have a better name. Like she doesn't want to shorten her name and like stuff like that. Like her name, the, the main character kind of always is saying like, that's like the weird Muslim and I'm the cool Muslim throughout the series. And so I do an analysis of that. Oh, I look forward to reading that. Cause, cause, cause one thing too, is I know like they kept talking about, Hey, um, and this is not really my place to say or to judge or whatever. I don't, I don't want to broadcast American race issues into the Muslim world and stuff and like use the American lens to examine race. But I find it weird that they keep uh, talking about, oh, the writer of this thing is Muslim. And the first thing I thought is, oh, it must be a brown no, Muslim. No, no. Who's writing this thing. And it's a white it's a white woman who is a convert. Yeah, and, right? and this goes to the saying that I have a lot with a lot of the work I see um, where it's, it's the food tastes better if the waiter is white or the waitress is white. Yeah, in the black community, uh, the, the, uh, there's a, a saying that says uh, uh, a lot of black people think the white man's ice is cold. Oh, yeah, I can relate to it. So so I don't know if you are familiar with um, Michael Muhammad Knight, but he's another um, white convert who got quite, um, He he's really championed as like the one who made like kind of Muslim fiction around like being punks, which is another subculture. Cool. Uh, when there's a lot of like brown Muslim punks that have existed for like 50 plus years. Um, but he just converted and wrote about it and toured with the group. Um, and he gets called like kind of the father of this like whole genre. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's bizarre because they actually, so they have a lot of issues in their writing where they make divisions between good Muslim, bad Muslim, and they don't have some familiarity. And that's like not to punch down on converts. Obviously everybody's welcome to Islam. It's wrong. Ramadan. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I but yeah, I think yeah. I think it's it's weird how um these people like um 
watered down kind of uh, politics or aesthetics, but it, it's weird that who gets to get the platform. And so with the Miss Marvel comics and just thinking about this transition from like social justice to comic book world, I don't fully get the bridge. I've seen a lot of academics argue that like comics are subversive and they transgress and make these points, but like also like um, they're, they're also not always critical. I think it's, I think it's interesting that people have feet in so many doors now and like, and we don't it's think of other normal. jobs. It's very normal now, is it, but, but it's, it's part of the influencer mindset where you're supposed to just, your main job is to build yourself as a brand and anything you can do to do it, whether it's it's academia, journalism, comics, screenwriting. As long as your brand is growing, you're you're winning. Is yeah, right I think I'm like a weirdo because I say no a lot. But I think I say no a lot because I I don't ever want things to haunt me later when I'm in like my 40s and I'm embarrassed. Like that's what I'm I'm worried about being haunted by something. So I say no to a lot of writing. I regret a lot of my old writing from 2013, 2014. That's a very mature outlook, you know. But yeah, because because you know what's the worst word right now? And I was saying this in the live stream earlier that we were doing. Um, the word like creative, like people kind of bake in the vagueness of their craft now to just the word creative. Like you know, support more black creative. And creative just means I'm ready to whore myself out for whatever gig that you have for me that will get me exposure. Like so, it's like people don't want to be just a playwright. Like you can't just be August Wilson and just spend your life writing plays. You have to be. Uh, a playwright that gets tapped to write a Marvel comic, that gets tapped to do an HBO show, that gets tapped to do, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's 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 just it's, it's very it's very weird, and and it happens in it happens in reverse too. Where now sometimes if you're not only an activist, not only is there an activist entertainment pipeline, there's an entertainment to activism pipeline. Where if you're a person of color and you're a writer or something, people start kind of almost treating you like you're an activist. Like for example, the guy who took over Miss Marvel from um, G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Saladin Ahmed. He um, is Muslim and he's of uh, mixed mixed descent. I think he's Lebanese, Egyptian, Irish, and Polish and stuff. Um, his father was a community organizer. His mother was a political activist. But as far as I know, I don't really know. I've tried to look it up. I can't really figure out what his... If he was an organizer or an activist, but he he writes Miss Marvel and he and he tweets about you know diversity and woke issues, so he's kind of an organizer and uh he's kind of a quasi organizer and an activist online because of it. Like, but he's mainly a science fiction writer, you know, who happens to be Muslim. So I think like it kind of goes both ways. If you're if you're um one of these modern writers, especially for genre stuff like comic books or science fiction, and you happen to be of the right race and your stuff is wokeish, people will treat you like an activist. People will quote you in articles about issues. You do Twitter threads and then the pipeline goes in reverse. If you're someone of color who's fancies themselves an online activist or an organizer, uh, the entertainment world's going to start tapping you for jobs. You know, uh, they're actually recruiting these people now to write about superheroes. And it's just a weird, unquestioned two-way pipeline now. I'm just not... Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I actually have some friends, weirdly, who've, like, done... um. They've been flown out to LA from Toronto or like New York to basically they literally get hired to quote unquote like punch up scripts by um, certain studios from like big names. Um, basically, it means to like make the scripts more socially conscious and woke. Um, and they're and they're literally not writers like my friends or they're writers who write essays about like very different things, like not things that are socially, but they just happen to be like of a certain race or happen to be Muslim. And so and, 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 and probably conversant in the right type of. 
Uh, yeah, and they have the right followers, right? So they're all people who have these huge Twitter followings. So they get tapped on the shoulder for things that they're 100% like not qualified for, 100% we're not looking for. But they get flown out to LA to literally spend two weeks and be in these rooms and just like, and, and then you see the shows come out and you get really confused about them because I, I they don't always have their names on projects that they consult on, but I know some yeah. of them and I... Yeah. Sometimes I even question, I'm like, did you water down your politics? Because like that show doesn't represent what I know about you and how you talk. Or or they just don't even have the politics, but they got flown out because they have like 40,000 followers and a blue check. Yeah. And a lot of them like just being just like like how that like how the woman who um did cause of an activist like April Rain and did Oscar So White, she got flown out to um to um LA to to attend the Oscars and she basically was spending the whole day, um, her whole Twitter timeline for that weekend was just her trying on dresses and taking pictures with famous people and stuff. And, you know, that, that's all that's all it was. But but that's what but that's what I mean when I say when you ask why do those people not call out Elizabeth Warren, it's like, OK, if they call out Elizabeth Warren, the chances of them getting flown out somewhere like i think they have a long game that's not even specific yeah. it's just vague it's, <laughs> it's just meandering get followers yeah it's just get followers get seen get clout and something's gonna happen someone's gonna tap up me on the shoulder someone's going to discover me but the one way they may not know specifically what the, they want what's going to lead to you know because always having that you're open for some kind of hustle maybe they'll end up writing a marvel comic maybe they'll end up uh a pundit on a talking head on a on a cable news maybe they'll end up punching up screenplays you know maybe they'll end up in a writer's room maybe they'll have a children's book you know because everyone does everything now right but they don't know specifically what they want or what they're angling for outside of more clout but the one thing they know is uh holding elizabeth warren accountable for that is not going to help yeah you yeah and i and so like i was told to like i should be a little bit careful because like in academia a lot of uh, academics liked warren her huge base was academics especially like feminist academics or like critical weirdly critical race theory academics so i do like a lot of critical race theory and reproductive health justice stuff and a lot of those people liked warren so i was like told a few times by um i guess people trying to give me good advice to like stop dunking on warren and her race play race cosplay and like um her followers and how they're actually liberals but I think I think uh, at the end of the day, if you're principled consistently, people should respect you. But like, I also don't want to write for HBO um, or consult for HBO. But I think it's a weird call to be right, where people even who had opinions against Warren that I knew would contact me and they'd be like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Or I can't say that. Or I can't retweet you or fave your tweet. Like I have one friend who's a pretty big writer who would always like send me my own tweets and be like, I wish I could like this right now. And I'm like, why can't you? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to burn yeah, bridges. Yes. And he has like, I don't know, 50,000 followers now. Maybe he he has like a consistent job. Like he has a good enough job. Like as a writer, the dream is to have a job that's good enough to pay a mortgage and still have a good life. And he has that. Um, he works his own hours. And like, so that means he's an essayist. He he can do that. The, the fact that he's so scared with that type of job and platform that people would see what he's favoriting on Twitter, that kind of like irked me that he can't favor like a, a Warren takedown. All right, so that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.